Hey, 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 travelpreneurs, Nicole here. How are you? I hope you're doing well. So (laughs) I had a whole list of things I wanted to talk to you about prior to introducing my next guest, who is Melissa Noel, who is a journalist and content creator. I had a whole list of things I was going to talk to you about. I was going to talk to you about the official start to fall, fresh beginnings, new starts, all of that good stuff. And I said, you know what? We're going to forget that because this episode with Melissa is too good not to start as soon as possible. But let me give you a quick synopsis or a brief synopsis um, of the conversation that I had with Melissa. So Melissa is, like I said, a journalist and content creator who's been featured in on many different platforms, including HuffPost, Essence, uh, Caribbean Beat, Lonely Planet, uh, Good Morning America, World News Tonight, Ebony Magazine. I could go on and on and on. So in addition to all of this, she has done quite a bit of work uh, in the Caribbean, in the diaspora, and just different uh, parts of the world, as you'll hear her talk about. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, marketing during a pandemic like we're in right now, right? Uh, where Caribbean experts are going to next when this is all over as well as what tourist boards and brands and destinations can do now while we head into this new era of travel. Like we all know, you know, I know that travel is changing and this new era, if we get it right, if we do it right, is going to be absolutely brilliant, okay? So we talk about what tourist boards can do, not just for the travelers who are coming to these destinations, but what can they also do for the residents, for the infrastructure, for the future of the destination. And, you know, we talk about those things, but we also talk about a lot of things that I know are going to interest you and uh, start several little conversations and big ones too. So I hope that you reach out to Melissa. Melissa's info in terms of Instagram and where you can find her are in the show notes. You'll also hear her mention it at the end of the show. And also find me over on Instagram at Nicole S. Barrett or Hey Travelpreneur, which is where the podcast is uh, hosted or where it lives on Instagram. Okay, so without further ado, let's get to this amazing conversation. Welcome to the Hey Travelpreneur podcast, your go-to for real-world travel marketing tips and strategies to help you create the thriving travel business you've dreamed of. And now your host, Nicole Barrett. All right. So, hey, Melissa, how are you? I am doing well. How are you this morning? I am good. I am wonderful, wonderful sitting here in the, I believe today may be the official start of fall. I'm not sure. But anyway, I'm in New England, so it's perfect fall weather this morning. How about you? Where are you sitting today? (laughs) I am sitting here in New Jersey today and Still feeling like summer, and I'll take that for as long as I can get it. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I believe over the next few days, it's supposed to be like 80-something degrees. So enjoy it. Enjoy it. Today, not so much. I'm soaking it all up. This this Caribbean American is soaking it all up before it turns (laughs) 
cold and I'm sad and you know still grounded here. Still grounded here. We have we have to make it where we are. It is what it is. All right. So what I'm gonna do is let me tell the people where we met and, and then I'll allow you to tell them who you are. So as as far as it's not that long ago, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. We mm-hmm. met while we were doing a summit uh, for Soka Mom, correct? The Soka That's Summit? Correct. Yeah, Soka Mom yeah. Summit. Soka Summit. So uh, check it out, guys, when you get a chance. Uh, SokaMom.com, I believe it is, as well as Soka Summit. There may be another one coming up. So Eva, who runs Soka Summit, uh, reached out to both of us during the summit to be, uh, we were both panelists on right. Yes, during her summit. And so I think through just the collaboration of all these amazing Caribbean women, um, I don't know if there were there were men involved. No, there were all women. There were all women. Yeah, the first one was all women, I believe. I know this this the second one I think had some men. We got some men in the mix there. Got <laughs> yes, some men in the mix, yes. And I believe you and I reached out on Instagram and that's how we connected. And then you had reached okay. out to me regarding my Travel Puner Academy. We talked about that for a little bit. You have okay. so much going on, it is amazing. So that's how we met and we kept in touch. And I believe what we did was we kept like checking in on each other to say, Hey, how's it going? How's it going? What's up? What you doing? How you holding yeah. up? <laughs> <laughs> so that's fantastic. I am happy to have met you. Um, and oh so give uh, my audience an opportunity to meet you now. So tell us who you are, Melissa Noel. Yeah. So I am a journalist and content creator. I'm a Caribbean correspondent who is a proud Caribbean American who, and I focus my work specifically on not only highlighting the stories of the Caribbean region and diaspora, but just utilizing my work in network television and mm. digital news to highlight the wider um, African diaspora. Um, I saw a real gap in the coverage that has been presented about you know the region and i wanted to do something to change that so i actually became a freelance reporter so i could do just that focus on the caribbean region focus on you know the african continent and tell these stories that i wasn't seeing myself and also be an advocate for diversity in the travel space itself Love it. And I love how you bring all that together. So I've seen a few of your clips um, and I love how you bring all that together. So the travel space, which um, a lot of us may know, and you and I know for certain that a lot of a lot, the travel space lacks diversity. Yes. So for example, when you go to Google and you type in traveler, or adventure traveler, it is the diversity is the ratio is kind of off. It is. And yes, and and people uh, from the diaspora are not often represented in these images that come up. So if you Google it, you click on images. There's the diaspora is not represented, and you and I both know that you know we out here. Right. We hike. We, we hike. hike. We, yes. We, we get. We like to kayak. We do all we those. See. We see. We see. Yeah. <laughs> we dive. You know. So we out here. So I, I like how you bring that together in the travel space, but also coming at it from a professional journalist um, background and 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 and. Uh, point of view. Uh, I absolutely love that. So so how long have you been doing that? But first, let's stick a pin for a quick word from our sponsor. 
Yeah, so I've been a journalist for um, over 10 years now, and I went into the freelance space about six years ago to really focus in on the Caribbean region and diaspora, and then also, you know, advocate from a from a, the travel perspective and focus in on that. And so becoming a freelancer was definitely a whole new world because you're yeah. always taught like the network news model, how you're supposed to work your way up and make that happen. But to be very blunt, I just wasn't seeing how that trajectory was going to work for me in the long term. Yes. Because I learned rather quickly that it was going to be easier for me to make an impact if I had the skills, you know, learned the stuff on the inside, worked, for, worked and then went freelance, then me trying to stay on the inside with a full-time staff job and like figure uh -huh. it out. It just, it just was very hard to try to do both. So mm -hmm. I had the freedom and flexibility, but also I had the, um, the background and the skills and that stamp of approval because I worked in network news for, for about four years. Well, seven, well, six years by that time. Mm -hmm. um, so that I was a trusted voice already from that perspective to make it work. So it was interesting. Um, you know, you made a lot of mistakes. You had to learn <laughs> the, the, the business side of things, which, you know, isn't often what, you, what your first thought is as a storyteller, but is really, really critical. Um, and so make, making that work for myself. So yeah, about the last five, five years has been and fully freelance and you know being a con like contracting work in the space where I can impact that change from both a storytelling and diversity advocacy um, standpoint oh love it and so which leads us perfectly thank you for that seamless transition <laughs> into talking about um, the Caribbean in a whole and freelancing and leads us right into another freelancer, Jet Set Sarah. <laughs> yeah. So Jet Set Sarah uh, recently did an article called Where Caribbean Experts Are Going Next. And Jet Set Sarah, Sarah Gabadon, I believe is her full name. Um, she was actually also a panelist or speaker at the Soka, the Soka Summit as well. Yeah, we were in the travel yeah. panel together, Caribbean travel panel together. Exactly. Yeah. And she's also another trusted voice in the Caribbean space as yeah, well. And she recently did an article uh, about where Caribbean experts are going next. So which leads us into the whole situation of, you know, us during the pandemic right now. Right. So we, you know, so, so a little side note, I, and, and I'm going to talk about this uh, at some point in a story or something, because um, I read an article last night. Uh, I believe it may have been, don't don't quote me on that. I'll put it in the show notes if I remember. But I read an article last night that said that people are taking flights to nowhere. So they are getting on a plane. I saw to, this. You saw this? They're getting on a plane to go somewhere. Let's say I leave from Boston and I circle the Atlantic for, you know, four hours and then I come back to Boston. Yeah. Really? I'm like, okay, guys, when, <laughs> when we're living in the times of climate change and yes. you know, we need to preserve things, I just, I understand the want to travel, yeah. but I think that there's other ways you can do that, whether it could be a road trip, it could be somewhere local, but to take a flight to nowhere. To nowhere. But can I tell you though, okay, so I saw that right before I went to bed and I read the article and I was like, oh, this is so stupid. This is so dumb. And then I put the phone away and then when I curl up and I was like, but you know, I kind of would probably want to do that. 
actually admitted to myself. I'm like, oh, it feels so good to be on a plane right now. So- <laughs> understand the like the desire because we're yes. so crazy in the house yeah I, i've been trying to channel that energy instead to doing things locally or checking out places in new jersey new york that i just never maybe never considered before right um, right we're doing like, the same thing too locally for sure yes, for I'm, sure. I'm trying <laughs> i know okay so i just wanted to point that article out because you know in in jet said sarah's article she's talking about you know these travel journalists or or travel writers or travelers on a whole yeah. including yourself who are saying oh my gosh i miss the caribbean and many people there are a few there are people who are still traveling to the caribbean now yeah. and there are quite a few people including jet said sarah who mentioned that it may not be the most responsible thing to do right now, but that's if that's fine. what you're doing, that's fine. But, you know, these travel, travel writers and journalists like yourself are saying we need to get away, but the moment that we can, here is where we are going to go. Right. And I know that a lot of travel agents are thinking the same thing. I see them ask their clients, where would you go if you could go away right now? And let's talk about where you said in the article, you are one of the features in her article and let's talk about where you want to go next. I read it, but you tell the people. Yeah, so for sure. So thanks again to Jet Set Sarah for putting together <laughs> such a, a great um, article with all these all these voices within the industry. I talked about St. Vincent and the Grenadines, which mm-hmm. is literally my one of my most favorite destinations in the Caribbean region. And I chose St. Vincent and the Grenadines because of the fact, a couple of things. One, it's 32 islands and keys to explore, experience, and enjoy. And I love that each island, um, you know, whether you're on mainland St. Vincent or in the Grenadines, is something very different and unique. So there's a, a unique experience. I also love the fact that St. Vincent is, you know, their um, Argyle International Airport only opened in uh, 2017. So three, three years ago. So making it a lot easier to get there. So it's a place that doesn't, it's not overrun with tourism. But right. um, I love the fact that you have the, whether it's you're looking for something that's wellness Uh, whether you're looking to be, I love being out on the water. So you have so many opportunities to be out on the water, enjoy that. And then just the the culture of it all. Like there's a very beautiful, unique culture um, in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. But when it comes to exploring, I really feel like St. Vincent and the Grenadines gives me that mix of culture, nature, um, Caribbean vibes when it comes to the soca, the reggae, you know, live <laughs> music and food. So yeah. I, I chose that one because it's left such an indelible um, mark on me and impression mm-hmm. on me in terms of kind of getting it, getting to do it all, but in a right. smaller destination where you can kind of feel like you have this whole place to yourself, even right. though you don't. So right. that's why um, I chose SVG. And I, I, I literally cannot wait to go back. I had planned to spend my birthday there um, this year. That's right. You recently celebrated a birthday last yes. week, I believe. Happy birthday. Thank you. So I was like, I can't wait to go back. But I just, I love the fact that, you know, it feels like you have this getaway, but, and you, you know, you have the, you have this getaway, but you, you feel like you're at home. 
And I yes. love that. About I love that. And, and that is the beauty. So, okay. Thank you for that. You're just awesome with the transitions. <laughs> I love it because when, you know, from a travel agent's point of view, you know, you know, a lot of them are used to selling, you know, the more popular islands, right. the, the bigger resorts. So, and so, and which is why I love that you said St. Vincent and the Grenadines. So for some, for an island like that, mm-hmm. right, the smaller islands, what are your suggestions or from a travel agent's point of view or someone who's trying to market these smaller right. islands or the Caribbean, from your point of view, what are the best features for them to focus on? Like how, what are the things do they want to, do they want to show and talk about for their audience to be able to connect with these types of islands? Yeah, I think one of the main things that I'll, I'll continue to use St. Vincent and the Grenadines as the example mm-hmm. is, um, so you can island hop, right? Like you get, it's one, you fly into one destination, but you can have, as they always say, you can do 32 and that's, right. um, you know, have all these different experiences because you can island hop literally from St. Vincent to Myru to Beckway to the Tobago Keys and it's just to Mustique. And so, and to get a different experience on all of these islands, it feels like you're getting, you know, several trips in one. And then right. because of course you have Grenadine Islands that are, are owned by St. Vincent, but then you have Grenadine Islands that um, belong to Grenada. So Cariacou mm-hmm. and Petite Martinique, you can also, you know, go there as well um, by via ferry or if you are on a catamaran, if you charter a boat, that kind of thing. So that experience, yeah. you know, you're getting so many destinations in one. So I feel like that's bang for your buck. Um, and who yeah. doesn't love that or want that? Um, also like when we think about both pre and now, you know, we're still in COVID, but post COVID, there are no big hotel, you know, chains on St. Vincent and the Grenadines. I mean, they are going to get, I know recently they talked about sandals, you know, going to St. Vincent and the the Grenadines. I believe a Marriott is supposed to go there as well, but you, you have that experience of really getting a true Caribbean feel, right? right? Whether that is the um, the property that's overlooking the lagoon, um, or that's the bed and breakfast, or it's the beautiful, you know, hotel that's literally on the beach. Um, yeah. I think you can really sell that to people, especially when so many people are looking for something that's spacious, something right. for their family, something where they can spread out yes, <laughs> and are yes. not like, you know, in the yes. resort with all these people. Uh-huh. Um, I love or, or that. Options. Uh, or options. I find that the, a lot of the more popular islands have so many options that by the time I come home, I'm exhausted, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah. So islands like St. Vincent, for example, you know, Turks and Caicos and you've all the others that you mentioned yeah, well, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and even Grenada to an extent, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um, they provide such a nice, like just, just calm atmosphere of, you know, and the island hopping alone. I think it, it, it's such an yeah. excellent element that really gets people excited mm-hmm. because you really get so many different experiences from your one trip because right. every single island is completely different. Right. And you get so much so much from that. So if I, I've done where I've gone to Beckway and mm-hmm. stayed on Beckway for two nights and then come back over to St. Vincent, um, I've done, or um, if you want to, I've, I've gone and 
uh, continue down to Karyaku uh, in, in Grenada. I've done that as well. And you get such different experiences. But, and then when it comes to culture, whether yeah. it was the big drum dancing on Karyaku or it was nine mornings in St. Vincent, their like Christmas uh, festival, or, um, or if you're on Beckway and you're enjoying like one of the music festivals they have, you get such different experiences on each island. And I think, you know, for someone who's interested in, 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 in traveling and experiencing that, they would, they would love that because not only do they get to island hop, but they get to have all these different cultural experiences mm -hmm. in one trip. And, yeah. and that, like, that really is like, okay, I'm getting all of this. And that helps you sell a place too, because people are like, oh yeah, that's happening there and this right. too. Um, right. And I think one, one, of the, one of the biggest things that had attracted me to St. Vincent outside of, you know, what we've talked about already was I'm a carnival I am a carnival. You're a carnival junkie. Junkie, <laughs> literally a veteran, as they say. Um, I've been playing mass literally like my whole life. And yeah. one of the things I love about the carnivals in a place like St. Vincent or Grenada is you get the same, like you get the same kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, you get the same kind of opportunities when it comes to the, the caliber of parties and costumes right. and that kind of thing, but in a smaller environment. Right. And you really get to take, take it in, whether that's the Soka Monarch, mm -hmm. you know, and, or that's the, the events, the breakfast spots, the parties, or just getting to learn about, like, the old mass that they do there or the Monday mass or in Grenada, right. jab, jab you really get to take it in a lot more than the hustle and bustle of like right. being and a true dad where there's 5 million things happening at once, which I love and enjoy. But depending on who you are and what kind of experience you want, yes. that pace is <laughs> a little different. Yeah. And that, and that's that's a side that a lot of people do not see or do not even promote when it comes to some of these beautiful small islands. Um, oh my gosh, I, the, the, the name of the island is eluding me right now. Which country does the, um, the, uh, oh my gosh, what's that holiday in March? Um, oh, Montserrat, St. Patrick's Day. Montserrat, yeah, Montserrat does say a really beautiful St. Patrick's Day. Can I tell you, that was my last trip pre-pandemic was the Montserrat to cover St. Patrick's Festival for the second time. Yes. And, you know, unfortunately, what took place was, you know, there were no, no cases on the island at the time. Everything was fine. I was looking forward to seeing Jack Cure perform. Yes. And then the soca, they had the big soca and reggae show. And then it was announced that someone coming um, on a flight from England into Antigua uh, had tested positive for COVID-19. And then, uh, of course, because you have to... A lot of those people then came to Montserrat. They shut down... Everything. All the activities. Uh, but... So we didn't, get, we didn't get to do anything. And I, you know, had to uh, come back home. And that's when the borders were shutting down. But I have to say, as someone who has experienced St. Patrick's Day on Montserrat, mm -hmm. it is one of the most beautiful um, cultural uh, blends I have experienced. I think yes. it's like that blend of African and Irish culture. Yes. And a lot of people aren't aware that, that Montserrat is outside of 
the U.S. and maybe even, you know, um, maybe even, uh, well, nowhere else except for Ireland. Well, I don't know. The U.S. is big on St. Patrick's Day and, and Ireland to some extent, right? But um, outside of that, Montserrat does a beautiful St. Patrick's Day celebration. I've never been, but I see the videos and I see the reports on it and I read yeah. the articles. It's amazing. It's amazing. And they do, it's like a 10 day festival. They have everything mm -hmm. from marches to soca and reggae concerts to, um, to shows. I mean, it, to, to the big parties, Juve, it, it felt like carnival to me right, in, in, right. in a way. Um, and then they reenact, you know, um, some of the events that took place because what they, what they do with that festival too is pay homage to um, people who, the people that led the slave revolt on the island on St. Patrick's Day over a hundred years ago to fight wow. for their freedom. So they pay homage to them, re, you know, walk through, um, you know, walk through a town and reenact that and also celebrate the fact that you had uh, so many people on that island that came from Ireland and, you know, what that has meant and how that has influenced the culture there on the island. It is, right. a, a, it is a, such a beautiful sight to behold. Right. And I think if, I think, you know, sorry, yes, I said St. Vincent, but Mont, of course, but Montserrat is another place I would say, like, if you're a travel agent, really, um, looking at how you can market that because that those unique experiences the fact that again it's a smaller island so it's not overrun with yes. you know, so many tourists or these big box resorts or anything yes. like that you really get a unique experience Montserrat is also the island where um the volcano erupted 25 right. years yeah. ago mm -hmm. so um going to plymouth and literally seeing the i've seen the photos of plymouth and it is unreal but you know so funny my husband and i were looking at the history of montserrat over the we've been looking at it for the past few months but because you know we've, we've known about the volcano right. for a while but recently we read somewhere that uh, the the population of the island had dwindled a little bit, but now it's starting to come back. Yeah. And a lot of people are moving, not just, um, you know, monster Russian, I believe that's what they call them. And, and don't at me if that's not what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I'll, I'll check it, okay? But um, not just those who are from Montserrat, but also expats from other countries are yeah. moving into Montserrat. And so we were reading up on that. It was quite interesting. And so, you know, when, when travelers are thinking about promoting destinations like these or any destination for that matter, you know, the beautiful, pretty photos of the pools and, you know, would you want to lay in this pool type of caption? Those are great. But sometimes, a lot of the times, as often as you can, we need to infuse some of these stories and, and cultural references and history into what we showcase. Because that's what people connect to because right. then they're able to say, this is something I can see myself doing, whether that's going to Jack Boy Hill in Montserrat yes. and being able to overlook, you know, the Soufre Hills volcano or overlook the beauty of the island, whether you want to go hiking or, you know, you want to go, go on one of the beautiful trails. Like right. there's so much to do. And I think one thing I saw recently that Montserrat did, which I loved, is they had a new campaign video that showed us 
hiking and biking and going on trails and like, yes, diving, you know, they're, they're known for their diving as well. Um, right. We do these things too. Um, right. In addition to showing you the, what, you know, the normal things that you would expect from the, uh, from the cultural aspect of things. And mm -hmm. I think that's critical, but when, if as a travel agent, you're able to help people connect to things that they might want to do or experience or connect with from a, from whether it's a historical standpoint, a cultural standpoint, or just, you know, a fun and entertainment standpoint, then you, you really get down to the heart of it. And people are like, okay, I want to go there and do that. And that's it. <laughs> and do that. and let's, I mean, for example, you know, uh, let's take St. Lucia, for example, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, St. Lucia is a popular island among uh, resort uh, visited tourists, right? Yes, um, yes. But and they have a lot of the um the all they have a lot of all inclusive. They have a lot of all inclusives. And then for, sure. for couples, they're known for romance, that kind of thing. For right. sure. But you know, but there are things that happen in St. Lucia that I don't see a lot of people talking about. Like one of the most beautiful experiences I had in St. Lucia um was they have a Creole Day, which is celebrated, I believe it's in October, sometime it's October. in October, mm -hmm. October, right? And, uh, and it's a celebration in each community, right? And people are dressed up and the colors are beautiful and every community has something going on. It reminds me of um, what I grew up in Jamaica, which I believe still happens to this day, but I don't think at the extent that it used to happen when I grew up was, is, um, grand market, which is yeah during like Christmas time. Christmas, it's it's Christmas Eve actually. Okay. Christmas Eve. Yes, yeah. Yes. It's grand market where every town, all well, the big towns have a different celebration. So very similar in St. Lucia, but it's Creole day and every town has, you know, their different celebration, their different foods, music, all of that. It was the first time I ever had black pudding, actually. As many times as I've been to England, I had black pudding in St. Lucia. It's crazy. It and black pudding is very, black pudding and white pudding is very popular in Guyana. So that's like mm -hmm. a, a dish that's always there is black pudding. Always there, right? So, you know, we, you know, we rented a car and we drove from neighborhood to neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. And drove around the island of St. Lucia from all the way down to the north. I mean, from all the way from the north, all the way down to the south, right, and back up, and it was just and through the middle of the of the island, and it was just it was amazing to see. And to me, um, you know, if you're sending your clients to lay on a beach, and if that's what they want, because people just want they're tired, they've probably you know been working a lot, they want to just lay on the beach, and that's their getaway time. That's fine, but they can do that anywhere. And I and I believe that for a lot of your clients. For them to be repeat clients to a particular island or region like the Caribbean, they need to be able to connect with the island. They need exactly. to be able to connect with the people. Otherwise, there really is nothing in it for them. They can, they can just pick up and book with anyone else. But they, can, they know that they've booked with you and they've connected with the island through Creole Day or through, you know, um, St. Patrick's Day Parade or through whatever, going into Free Hill in Jamaica, whatever it is, if connected with the people, the island, the destination, you have a client for life. And I totally agree with that. And I'll say two things about that particularly. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you will hear, well, with the Caribbean, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. And, right. I, and that's totally inaccurate. But I think that stems from the fact that the sea sand and sand is, is sold so much, but to the, to, to the detriment of, of persons who will say, well, I don't need to go to St. Lucia. I don't need to go to Montserrat because I've gone to St. Lucia. I've gone to Jamaica. Yeah. Not 
not realizing that every single place, you know, has such different culture because your focus may have been on the beach. So if you present these options to your clients, they are able to see that, wow, there are such different experiences that I can only get on this particular island. You can't go to, you know, St. Lucia and get the St. Patrick's Day Festival. You can't go, you know, it's it's different every single place. And then the second thing is paying attention to the black traveler. And, and And I have to just, I have to say that because of course, the that market has been ignored for a very long time and one thing i will say about black travelers particularly the african-american market here in the u.s when you're able to connect them with things that are have to do with you know history between the caribbean and the U.S., whether that's going to the Bahamas and seeing where Martin Luther King came in and spent his time before he went and, you know, uh, um, gave the I Have a Dream speech, or you want to go and see the monuments, you know, whether it's in Jamaica, you want to go see Mm -hmm. the monuments, or... Marcus Garvey, as you talk about, okay, Marcus Garvey was instrumental in, you know, everything that was going on during that era, right? And where, you know, he, in, in Kingston, there is, there are lots of historical places that you can visit. And, you can go. and so- And, and it's in and Jamaica, you can too, where he was born. Yeah. Exactly. So to understand that for a lot of travelers, those are the kinds of experiences that they want incorporated into their trip that yeah. will help them not only connect to the place, but connect to their own history, to their own mm-hmm. sense of belonging. And even if they're not a black traveler, just to understand that there's, you know, the, 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 there's this culture here, but paying attention to that because that has been critical. And we, I saw that work so well, you know, when it was the year of return and, and what yeah. we saw Ghana do in 2019. That was brilliant, wasn't it? it? Was just Ghana did the most amazing year. So maybe we should explain what the year of return is for those who, who don't know. So uh, 2019 was the year of return. So it was 1619. So uh, when slave, the first slave ship docked in the South, okay? So uh, that was 400 years ago. So yeah. 2019 marked 400 years of the start, what we believe is the official start of slavery, which is 1619. Right. And so Ghana did a year of return where they're like, and they brought, what I loved is that they tapped into a lot of the journalists and influencers, mainly from the diaspora, who went to Ghana and did beautiful features and videos and social media it was amazing so, yeah so ghana called on all people of african descent all yes. over the world to come home to experience ghana yes. to connect with your roots and you know and to know that like they you know and to know that there is like they want to there's a place there's a place for you exactly and i thought it was so a lot of people may have said well this was just a marketing play but guess what it worked because you literally had black people from all over the world myself included who went to ghana and experienced the year of return took in the, the concerts the shows went to cape coast saw went to the slave castles had such a moving experience but most of all felt connected i was just about to say it's the connection that a lot of people have been missing and i think what ghana did was they took it even one step further to reach out to diaspora to say it's not just this year of return like you can return for good 
Exactly. I believe what they did was, um, well, Ghana, I, 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 you know, I really wish that a lot of the other Western African countries had done the same thing, but uh, the majority of slaves came from the Western part of Africa. Africa. So that's why Ghana did that. And, but, you know, they, they went a little further and they say, listen, you can come back at any time. And I believe there's some sort of residency program. I'm not sure, but it was amazing. So they have, so there's a right of abode, which is what the law is called, where you would be allowed to, you know, apply um, for and become a citizen. And a lot of people did actually become citizens of Ghana after living in the country for several years. Mm -hmm. Um, Last year, you know, you had people from the U.S., you had Caribbean people who had moved to to Ghana. Um, And I just brought that up to say, again, it's about the connection, because now... For all those people who went, they have they have people who are going to return again and again because of the connections they were able to make with the culture, the connections they were able to make with the history, mm-hmm. and the connections they were able to make um, into a sense where they felt like they had some place that they belonged mm-hmm. um, and were excited right. about and, and could tap into. So that's right. the same thing that... Um, I know some Caribbean countries did have connected with Ghana, like Barbados, um, for example. Mm-hmm. And what I what I think is is critical, um, especially when selling the Caribbean or when with the Caribbean, whether it's tourism boards or organizations, um, is to is to actually highlight those connections, whether it's through your diaspora, your first and second generation, whether it's through saying, we have these you, this unique culture here, we want you to experience it, or even what we're seeing now with some of these extended visa programs. Don't just say I can come and stay there for up to 12 months. Tell me about the community, the culture, what I can connect to. Like that's what, and how are we going to also make it something that is, um, helpful to the local people there who work in the tourism space. Right. Who have those talents. How, How can, can we see and experience some local color? Let's get some local color into this now. And and I throw that word out there all the time in my trainings and whatever I do to the, my academy students. I always talk about connection, and I often feel like that word is sometimes lost. Mm-hmm. Right, but. And, 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 you know, I'm trying to always simplify it and figure out how can I use simpler words so people get it. Folks, I know we're talking about Ghana. I know we're talking about the Caribbean. And you may sell none of those places, and that's fine. Right. If it's Europe that's you, that you sell, if it's Asia that you sell, if it's South America, it could be U.S. I don't care if, you, if you, your clients, you know, are, are renting RVs. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Everyone is looking for a connection, whether it is a family, it is a couple, it is a solo person traveling. If you can take the stories of the different places that you're selling, you're highlighting, and find the connection, no matter how small it may be. Yeah, no matter how small it may be, just find it and use that connection because now I want to go back to Ghana. I want to go to Ghana, right? So, <laughs> you know, and, and that's fine. So it, re- so it brings us seamlessly now into, you mentioned um, the tourist board. So, okay. you know, the Ghana tourist board did that, which I thought was It was brilliant. Brilliant. So let's switch now to the Caribbean and let's talk about how the tourist boards after all of this, what can the tourist boards do? What are your thoughts on that? What can they do now to help the Caribbean moving forward so that after COVID, 
you know, we see, we start to see some bookings. We start to see some changes. Yeah. We start to see bigger and greater connections. And honestly, I personally believe before you answer that, I personally believe that travel to the Caribbean should look differently. I believe this is a perfect opportunity. We are at a crossroads for a lot of changes to happen. And, and I, I'm not sure what that is, but my gut and my soul tells me that something big needs to happen. So what do you think moving forward uh, that the tourist boards can do to kind of help the situation? Yeah, so I think there's a couple of things, in my opinion. We've talked for a very long time about moving away from the sea, sun, and sand. Mm -hmm. It's something that I always advocate against because we know the Caribbean, in my opinion, is the most beautiful destination no kidding. in the world. So that goes without saying. By the way, did you tell the people you were from Guyana? I think I did, but I may have missed out. But yes, I am a proud... I've mentioned it in the conversation talking about Guyana and things like that, but yeah. I'm a proud Guyanese American. Yes, she is. Um, she tried to get me into a Facebook fight about Guyanese and Trinidadian roti versus <laughs> oh, Jamaican curry, roti. Right? Yes. I was like, hold on, hold up. Hold you know, up. I, I try to stay out of the curry wars, but every now and again, I just have to pop in. And, and just tell folks, come on, guys, Guyanese curry. Okay, so we're going to talk about that. I mean, stick a pin. I know you were trying to make a point, folks. She's going to come back to it. Okay, right? back to it. Don't pin. forget your point, okay? But I have to bring this up because there are probably some Caribbean people listening to this. And I need to know your thoughts, okay? Send us a DM. So some, there's a the Facebook group that we're both a part of. And someone posted, I think it was a Guyanese who posted this, by the way, because I think they're trying to start a war. No, it wasn't a Guyanese because they, because the person who posted it said that they thought it was Trini Curry. So I was like, oh, okay. For me, a Trinidadian, I don't know. But the, the, the war was not the war. We, we call it a war. And, and of course we, we just, we're making fun, but the question was, which roti is better? Well, no, which curry? Which, which curry? Yeah, or roti, curry roti. Or I think it was roti too, was better. And it was Guyanese, Trinidadian, or Jamaican. Those were the choices. And of course the Guyanese and the Trinidadians are going at it in the comments. And the Jamaicans are looking like, why are we even a part of this war? <laughs> like, I mean, if you were talking about jerk chicken, yes, but Jamaica does not belong <laughs> in this roti war. Like, we make it, but we're not known for it. <laughs> we went back and forth with the curry wars, and it was really hilarious. And it was hilarious. I loved it. Someone said that it. it was a Guyanese who posted this to cause a war between the, <laughs> and the Jamaicans. And the Jamaicans. I agree. I agree. <laughs> anyway, back to your point. We digress. We, we digress. digress. But yes, proud, proud Guyanese American. I will say, you know, when it comes to travel for a place like Guyana, where you know, tourism was not a big part of like, you know, just how Guyana was marketed for a long time, but now really is. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of destination you go to for, that's adventure travel because Guyana is such, it means land of many waters and yeah. it literally is the land of many waters. There are waterfalls to explore and experience for days. Um, and then also um, Guyana, when it comes to outside of just the adventure, but just the beauty of the country, because you have so much, you know, land in, in the jungle or where you're, maybe it's an Amerindian settlement. There's so many things to experience where that is concerned. So for like a nature, travel, adventure, folks, Guyana is that kind of place. But then also if you're back in town, um, it's the food and and the culture with the, the mix of Portuguese and Chinese and, and African and Indian. And you see all of that 
in those experiences. So that's yeah. something that I hope to see more people take advantage of. But I know Guyana is like on that cusp now of promoting tourism a right. lot more widely. So I'm excited to see, you know, what comes from that. And now there's the carnival and, you know, yes. people are celebrating that. So yes. that's interesting to, to watch. I, I agree with you. I do think that um, while definitely a lot of people uh, go and will continue to go for the sea, the sun, the sand. I mean, I want that sometimes, but I also believe that we should continue to try to market things outside of that. Right. Yeah. So um, let's take Jamaica, for example, one of the most, if not the most popular Caribbean destination and come at me. It's okay. It's oh no. That, like, let me tell you, if there's anything, it's like, you cannot argue with how like Jamaica had like created the blueprint for like the tourism manual. You were saying that I'm going to blast that all over the forums. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> In my opinion, just, In your you know, opinion. that's fine. Yeah, no, I agree. A lot of people will agree with you. That's fine. But, you know, Jamaica, for example, which um, essentially is is sea sun, sea sun sand. Is that what we said? Yes, yeah, sea sun sand. But also food and culture. Mm-hmm. But there are other places in Jamaica that I believe should be highlighted in a lot of the tourist boards, uh, commercials, and uh, all the content that they put out there. For example, there's this one place um, you may have heard of it. It's actually only several miles from where I grew up in Jamaica called Stush in the Bush. Yes. Okay. I have heard it. (laughs) And so they do like yoga brunches. They do, uh, they also do different things. They do um, different parties and events. And um, it is like a little retreat or getaway. And it's up in the hills. When I say up in the hills, folks, I grew up on a farm. I grew up up in the hills. It is only a few miles away from where I grew up. And that type of, that type of, and guys, check it out when you can. I'm not promoting it or anything. Um, Stush in the Bush is what they're called. Uh, bush.com And just little things like that, right? So a day trip to something like that would be perfect. Yeah. So if you're staying on the North Coast and we're on the North Coast within an hour, hour and a half drive of Stush in the Bush, you know, call them. See how you can put together uh, a day trip for clients who would appreciate something like this. Uh, and there are so many, so many others. There are some beautiful spas and restaurants over in the grill, over by the cliff right? A day trip to Portland would be great. And if you're up for it and your clients want to do it, go for a, a historical trip into Kingston to the Bob Marley Museum or the, where the, the place where Bob Marley was born in Nine Mile St. Anne. Just little things that are people that are less thought of, I believe, would be That great. will make, make, create those connections. Yes. Place stand out and will bring, as you said, bring the repeat customers because even if they, let's say, couldn't get to everything on that first mm-hmm. trip where oftentimes you can't, they'll want to come back to do the cultural trip right. or to do something else. Right. Um, so then I guess getting back to the to the, where we were before we got into the curry wars, um, things that I think Caribbean tourist, tourism boards can do, um, a couple of things that I've thought about, especially when it, when it you know, especially because of this pandemic, we've mm-hmm. talked about, you know, not just sticking to the sea, sun, and sand. I think this is the perfect time to get away from that. And yes. I wouldn't say get away from it, but to, to make sure and be intentional about adding... Yes these experiences 
to what you uh, sell and promote on a regular basis. Even if it's just like when we think about social media, utilizing certain like uh, utilizing certain things like whether it's the Independence Day of a country, whether it's a carnival season for a country, yeah. whether it's Marcus Garvey or it's Cuffy in Guyana or it is you know um, Barbados. Using like having I typically utilize a calendar where I have all these dates in them so mm -hmm. that when I'm planning out my social media that's what I can highlight on that day and right. then and then say you know when you're in Barbados you can go and and have this experience or when you're in Jamaica that this would be the perfect time to be able to experience you know that and use it as an opportunity to promote local so for right. instance with St. Vincent and the Grenadines um, I might talk about National Heroes Day and then use it as an opportunity to say, hey, if you want to book this, if you want to experience this, you should book with foreign tourist taxi service uh, in, in St. Vincent. And then I'm not only promoting something different about the destination, but also people there locally or, you know, from a travel agent's perspective, then you can book it with them, you know, yeah, like, yeah. so. That's yeah. what I've utilized as far as my uh, as my media. Thinking about the calendar has right. been really critical, and right. especially because we were people are traveling, but of course not at that same rate. But you can help them keep these things in mind, or you can also inspire them to think about certain things that they may not have known about just through you highlighting those things on your post. I think another thing tourism boards definitely should do is put. It has to be more emphasis put on the on, on that diaspora connection um, in the sense that you not only promote the local talent that you have, you mm -hmm. work with the diaspora, but you increase the diversity. We cannot continue to have the coverage of the Caribbean be through just one lens and yes. through um, Caribbean tourism has really focused on the lens of the like white American traveler. It is what it is. Right. Um, and I think that it has definitely done a disservice to uh, the industry. Where I believe it's kind of watering it down a little bit. Um, yeah. And I think if anything, this is the time that you want to promote the content creators, the travel writers, mm -hmm. um, and the local talent that not only can help you sell the region, but are also really passionate about it and rethink how, help you to rethink how you've been packaging this content um, as we prepare for what this post-pandemic travel will look and like. that may be the big idea that it needs post-pandemic is to, is for us to see the Caribbean and other regions through the eyes of everyone, everyone. who visits it. Exactly. And, and, you know, we need to see the see through the eyes of everyone, like you said, through the through the white traveler, through the black traveler, through the Asian traveler, exactly. through all the racial travelers, and, to, think, and whatever traveler's interest. We need to see right. the traveler who wants to go to Kingston, the traveler who wants to lay on the beach, the traveler who wants to go to the cliffs, the, one, the ones who want to drive through the mountains, you know? It's from all eyes and all interests. Exactly. And I think, too, also highlighting the fact that, yes, in the Caribbean, um, a lot of the countries are majority black. But we know in the Caribbean you have 
you have your Portuguese, you have your Chinese, you have yes. uh, large in, in Indo-Caribbean populations. Mm -hmm. Those are connections to be made. Yes. Like, you know, I, I, I often see how fascinated people are to know, um, you know, I'll use Guyana and Trinidad as examples, mm -hmm. the large Indian populations and African population, Portuguese and Chinese. Yes. And, and the Indian culture. population in Trinidad and Guyana, people often get think that, oh, they're just Caribbean Indians. They're direct yeah. descendants of India. Yeah, direct. Yeah. And and then to have that play into how you market because that's how that's why Korean roti. That's why we have the curry wars. To <laughs> that's why we have the curry um, wars. That, that Jamaica is not a part of. <laughs> <laughs> um, that influence, you know, from those cultures, the celebrations yeah. of things like Pagwa and Diwali and all those things that you can market to clients who may be interested in those experiences, but not aware that those th things actually take place in the Caribbean. And maybe that they are a South Asian client, or right. you know, they're a client trying to connect with people of the Indian diaspora right. and not understand, not know that it's, there's, they're in the Caribbean and they're celebrated. We think about Indian arrival days that are celebrated in Trinidad and Grenada and in mm -hmm. Guyana, St. Vincent, all over the place. Mm -hmm. There are so many things to experience. And I think we have to take, definitely tourist sports have to take advantage that of it. That is consideration, yeah. yeah. And it's the same thing for Jamaica too. Uh, very similar. People are often surprised when I tell them that. I'm not sure what the exact percentage is, but it's anywhere about around 60% or so. I'll double check that, that are, are African Jamaicans or African people. There is a high percentage of non-African people in Jamaica. Yeah. So Caucasian, exactly. Asian. And yeah. let me tell you about Jamaican Chinese food. Are we about to start another war? Because start, let me tell you, if we were, if the, if the question came up, who had the best Caribbean Chinese? I'm gonna throw my Jamaican flag in, and, and say, I'm throwing the Chinese flag in because that Chinese <laughs> Chinese food is amazing. And then I know the Trinidadians will come right after us and say, what? "Can I tell you guys?" Okay, so for those of you who are listening, you can't see, but Melissa is actually throwing up flag or a napkin or something in front of her she's actually throwing it down she is the excitement the excitement what is that what is that you're throwing it's just like you know you have the little um you have the little cloth to like oh the glasses, your, the laptop glasses. And glasses. yes yes i have one of those so i'm throwing mine in i just threw mine in we're in the ring we're in the ring throwing in the ring let's start this war right now that's, right? that's the beauty that's, that's the beauty you could yes. send somebody on a as a travel agent someone can do a literal like gastronomical experience exploring the different yes. cultures of a country through its food yes. and like learning about that chinese influence that indian influence that yes. Jamaican chinese food or, or jamaica the jamaican chinese population is 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 a i believe a uh, a large part of what makes up Jamaica. It is a very um, beautiful part of what makes up Jamaica. And that is why a lot of people may not know this, but Jamaica, uh, we say out of many, one people. That is, on, that is one of our slogans. And when we say out of many, one people, we literally mean out of many. There are many different people that make up Jamaica. But to us, we're one people. 
So out of many, one people. And, and it's the same thing in, in different parts of the Caribbean to Guyana. Yeah, and in Guyana, we say uh, Guyana is the land of six peoples because we mm-hmm. have those, those six races as, as yeah. we refer to it. And we, we celebrate all of, all of those. And I think, uh, so when we brought up like the different holidays and whatnot, you know, growing up, you know, I'm not um, Hindu. But I definitely would still celebrate Diwali with my neighbors yes. or like, you know. I celebrate Diwali here in New England. Like, and I'm not even, I just think it's a beautiful culture. It's a beautiful celebration. You know, I've gone, you know, you go to a traditional um, a ceremony, you have on your sari. It's like those yes. things are really, really beautiful. And those are the kinds of things people would really want to, when they, people say they want to experience culture, those are some of the things that they, they really want to embrace or be able to experience and I think that can 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 be sold and just bringing it back around to the to the tourism boards I think one of the the uh, another the last point I have for what they can do when we're talking about post pandemic uh-huh. you know once we go once we get beyond the sea sun and sand and we're promoting you know diversity and who represents different brands and um you know making sure that that happens also um ensuring that we don't forget about the the local travel in the region, mm-hmm. uh, for sure, because that oh has been ignored for a long yes. time, that local travel. And then also um, just ensuring that moving forward, we take advantage of the virtual space and technology mm-hmm. that really was not tapped into in the way that it could have been before, uh, because I think virtual is going to be a big part of how we continue to market the region. Yes. So we have to in- incorporate that for sure, but just yes. paying attention to that and knowing that we've always had the space and the wellness, but making sure that that's like a normal part of, of the cell. It's not, it's not that we're forgetting about the resorts or we're not going to market them. Of course, those will always do well, but ensuring that we are paying attention to our, like, so for instance, like Rumboat Retreat in Grenada, you mm. have, you know, it's a locally owned, beautiful, um, you know, small uh, place where you can stay, have a real, like, off down home Grenadian experience, and then also learn about the different rums from the island, have different meal pairings, that kind of thing. That's an yes. experience. And That's I a think beautiful experience. Those are things people are are looking for not forgetting to to highlight those things um for sure paying attention to our to to those local experiences oh i love that i could sit here and talk to you all day i know my god we could have several wars and i absolutely (laughs) love it but you just brought up a good point which is what let's you know let's let's round it out and 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 end on that so in highlighting these experience in your, you know, in your role as a journalist, as a content creator, all the things that you've done, like I've been reading some amazing things about you, like oh, you were the you. 2016 Shining Star Journalism Awardee or winner um, for your global diaspora coverage by a congresswoman, Yvette Clark, and you were... 2009-2010 White House Correspondents Association Journalism Award recipient. I'm like saying all these big words. <laughs> and where you were honored by former uh, President Barack Obama and former First Lady Michelle Obama. Like, hello. Right? <laughs> I mean, like, this is fantastic. So in Thank all you, of this that you've done and highlighting the Caribbean, right, and getting 
I don't want to say down and dirty, but getting simple mm-hmm. and, and talking about what we're talking about now, there is that big picture of, you know, the global way we highlight the Caribbean, but there's also the very simple thing that you and I know, like the parts that connect us, like sitting at home, whether it's in Guyana or in Jamaica, having a meal that brings back so many memories and connects us right? Going on a drive somewhere and knowing this and, and knowing about and seeing this beautiful view that a lot of tourists don't get to see, right? There's a simple part of us that we know there's a connection inside of us, but for the travel agents who are trying to portray this and they may not be able to get the authenticity and the connection 100% um, or have their audience feeling like you and I feel it. How close can they get in terms of the video and the media that they put out there? Because you're used to doing all of this. Any tips on how they can capture, whether it is their photos or stock photos or video, how do they capture the real essence of the Caribbean in order to sell it? Well, I don't think that there's one answer to this, right? Right. Um, Definitely. But I do think there are some things that can be done. And I always have to go back to utilizing local talent Mm -hmm. because there's no one that knows, you know, these places like the people who are from there and live there or are very familiar with these places. So I think Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not just utilizing the influencer or the person who has the big byline. It's it's, it's, it's maybe carrying them or working all along with Mm -hmm. them um, with a local photographer, a videographer that can, you know, point you in the direction of some of these places that you and I may know from home that, you know, you may not get if you're working with an agency and just going there for three or four days to present it. Or even not being there and trying to secure photos from somewhere else. So you brought up a good point because that ties into the whole thing about um, virtual, like moving forward. A lot of what we put out there is going to be virtual. So, you know, in talking about using local, Mm-hmm. Um, local experiences mm-hmm. or even people from the tourist boards, right? Maybe someone can have a virtual conversation via Zoom, via Facebook Live, via Instagram Live with that or on the ground. Right. And that's something yeah. that I've done throughout these last several months is, you know, I work with a lot of talented people um, throughout the region. And what we would do is like, you know, for instance, I work with some carnival brands based in Barbados Island People Carnival. So having that live to talk about what they offer, not only for carnival experiences, but also for experiences throughout some of the smaller islands and what that looks like, you know, what you can experience, what you can enjoy. Um, Mm -hmm. It's also maybe it's the the IG live takeovers from, you know, some of these, from people who are on the ground and living there and that's talent. Um, And it's also collaboration, right? So I can write about, I have those connections to certain outlets. um, Mm -hmm. And I know that this, this person, you know, is talented, does really great professional work, but doesn't necessarily have the connections to, or, or um, are able to pitch particular outlets to that. But that's where I can come in and utilize the, you know, the skills that I have to be the person who maybe is writing the story, but we're utilizing their photos, things like that, that yeah. have made a, a big, a big difference. Right. Yeah. Are you um, utilizing other then, people's story? Like I am a firm believer in, and I see where it works. If you are 
uh, touring a resort. Okay, travel agents will do whether they're on their personal trip or a fam trip. They're working. They're touring a resort, and I'll see a lot of photos of the sea, the sun, the sand, right, mm-hmm. or the rooms or whatever. And uh, what I don't see a lot of are photos of the people. Yeah. And the people who work there and maybe it's the guy who's at the bar. What's his story? Exactly. What's his favorite drink to make and why? Right. It's like, it's Miss Margaret at the Spice Market in Grenada who is literally like, you know, has become a friend and will tell you her life story. Right. You know, like, you know, how she started, you know, a little bit about her family, where she was raised. And it's just so interesting. And you can make interesting. It could be your housekeeper. It could be your housekeeper. She may have started this job when she was 17 and now she's older and she has grandkids. What is it? Like, you know, tell people's story. Talk about... You know, um, you know, if, you know, I often see a lot of times I'll stay at a resort and I'll wake up early in the morning when I used to be a morning person. My wife, <laughs> you and I were talking about this before we started recording that <laughs> when I used to be a morning person, I'm not so much anymore. I'd get up early and I would, you know, see the guy out there raking the sand. OK, you know, you wake up and you see the guy raking the sand, getting it ready for the morning. And I often say to myself, wow, what a beautiful morning. There's no one else out there. The sun is coming up. What is he thinking about? Mm-hmm. What is it, you know? And I always, I always try to use people sort of go out there and talk to him, you know, see what's going on. Right? Literally. Like, and that's where some of the best stories come from. So I know um, yeah. last year I was able to do a piece on, so beach, beachcombers, um, hotel and St. Vincent. It's a, it's a all, it's a family owned and, and, um, uh, all family owned and women led, you know, hotel, which I thought was yeah. so interesting and amazing. And just to hear their stories as a family, as women running this, this great property was like, and it was just a great story and how they make sure they incorporate, you know, local Vincentian dishes into what they do. Or mm-hmm. I think Guyana, when you go to somewhere like uh, the Pandama retreat and, and it's like a, it's a getaway from town and you know, it's, you can relax and rest and have fresh food. Yeah. And it's like all these, these things. And, and those are where some of the best stories come from. And that's yeah. how you create those connections because someone will see that and say, wow, I need to do that. Like, Love that. that guy, <laughs> someone will read that or, or listen and say that's feels and sounds like home. Right. So it's not just where you're staying, but what's the story about the villa that you're staying in and who owns it? What's their story that feel that that should feel like home. Exactly. Right. Or it should or it should evoke in you a sense of, wow, I want to experience that. Or I'd love to stay there and and chat with these people or get to know people or know this place. So and And, and guess what? And it may not necessarily be just that. So you may write a story about that villa or that that hotel, that small hotel in St. Vincent, that's woman, woman owned, woman led. But you're not, you don't, this is not just about inspiring people to go to St. Vincent. It's inspiring people on a whole. Oh, exactly. Right? So you might say, well, St. Vincent's probably not the right place for me, Nicole, because that may be, there's probably not a lot of business coming out of St. Vincent that I could probably build a sustainable business from. That's fine. Right. You're inspiring people in the story that you're telling to travel and then you can turn around and send them to Guyana, to Jamaica, to St. Lucia, to, to Europe. 
and okay. you're inspiring them to uh i think one big thing yeah. that we can all take away from this is inspiring when we think about things like climate change and the, all this money that has been lost due to the pandemic is inspiring people to, su to support sustainable travel and yeah. inspiring people to support uh you know uh family owned or smaller owned businesses where they can their visit will have a direct impact on the local community and that's mm -hmm. something that's really important to me so yeah. um that's yeah. what i always think i hope people take away from the kinds of posts it's like wow i, I want to support someone like that because i know i'm directly impacting a family i'm directly impacting a community in a positive way I agree. I agree. And on that note, on that note, <laughs> like really, I could sit here and talk to you all day. We should, we're going to have to do this again. Folks, if you want us to do this Same again, here. send Same me here. a DM. Send me a DM. Um, this was lovely. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you. So where can people yeah. find you, Melissa? I know you are definitely on Instagram and I'll tell them what your Instagram handle is. It yeah, is live from Melissa. Live from Melissa, but it's live underscore from um, underscore Melissa. Melissa. Only because my name is so common, but <laughs> I usually, I pop right up if you just type it in. Um, and then melissanoel.com, www.melissanoel.com. You can find all of my stories there, um, as well as, you know, different brands I have worked with in the past and, yes. you know, always looking to connect and collaborate. So thank awesome. You. Awesome. <laughs> and folks, I'll put all her information in the show notes as well. And you can find that at heytravelpreneur.com where you can find all her information. And of course, we're going to be highlighting all of this over on Instagram at heytravelpreneur. Thank you again, Melissa. It was lovely to have you. Thank all right. You bye for having me. Anytime. Bye.